Welcome. This is my truth as a platform for honest, open conversations. The stories I share or that others share are often not spoken about or discussed, but once told, I believe they have the ability to shine a light on another perspective or a much needed conversation. These stories may make us laugh, some may make us cry, but together we will learn from one another and begin to heal. Because walls need to be torn down, masks need to come off, stories need to be heard in order for our truths to be told. This is my truth. Will you tell me yours? Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I'm your host, Jesse Sherleff. Today, we have a special guest that I voluntold to join us. Um, my husband, Greg, is here with us today, and I asked him slash voluntold him to come on today because this week is National Infertility Awareness Week, and Truthfully, I used to hate when I would get these resolve emails and emails from my fertility clinic because it was always a reminder of something that I never really wanted to talk about. And over the last two years, as I've worked through my own story and you know, got went through, frankly, the grieving process with not only my journey, but obviously with my pregnancy with Lucy and Clark. Um I've come to recognize that it is something to be celebrated and talked about. But in sharing that experience with Greg, it's very obvious to me that there's a whole other side to the story that very rarely gets talked about. So infertility never gets talked about, but if it does, it's always from the woman's perspective. And so I asked Greg to share some of his experiences of our journey with us today. So be kind to him. He is nervous, um, but he is a trooper for doing this for me. So hi, honey. Hello. <laughs> I, I have an audience of, of one here and somehow I'm still nervous. So uh, thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you for doing this with me. Um, so I asked the same question to all of my guests. What is the truth that you would like to share today? <laughs> um, the truth is that I'm exhausted. Um, every every day in the current environment of uh, COVID-19 brings some new challenges and thoughts and feelings and emotions that uh, I'm having to to tackle. But right now, the, the feeling and my truth is just I'm tired. We just learned that our daughter's preschool uh, is likely going to go out of business, and it just adds one more layer to the shit sandwich that uh, has been the last few weeks. And I know we're not the only ones going through it, and everyone's dealing with their own stuff. But uh, right now, my 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 truth is is kind of day by day. I think that's totally fair, and you obviously know that I. Mine isn't only day by day, it's hour by hour at this point as we are operating without our team, right? We we have an amazing nanny who is for her own safety since she's pregnant, um, you know, staying at home. And Shouts so, to Sarah Sarah. <laughs> Sarah Sarah, we love you. And yeah, I get it. I think that's totally fair. I thought you were going to make a joke. You didn't, You decided not to make the joke. I can't remember what the joke is. <laughs> <laughs> you really are tired. Um, okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I 
promise to go easy on you. You're laughing at me. Um, so obviously the audience is familiar a little bit with our story and what, what we went through in terms of, you know, our journey to becoming parents and they've heard my perspective and obviously you've read what I've written and we've had lots of conversations about it, but what is your perspective on our journey? I will try to get to that answer by sharing just kind of, I guess, my journey and up to this point. And I, and I, and I think that just like starting a family and every, everything to me to a degree felt like it would just fall in place. Like we had the pretty, I guess, storybook start to our lives of met, got married, had the four-legged child as that is our dog who's sitting next to us. And then uh, a few years later thought like, all right, now, now it's time for kids. And it obviously didn't happen. And I, and I think that through that process of just kind of assuming that developing um, our family would, would, would occur naturally um, was, I, I think I kind of took that for granted because growing up, whether it's high school, college, like, I think men are taught that if you so much breathe on, on a woman without protection, like you're, you're going to get her pregnant. And, and so like you kind of, I kind of had that attitude of like, all right, cool. Well, once we're ready to ready, it's going to happen and I'm going to fulfill my role and everything's going to be okay. And, and, and I think the more that uh, time went on, the more frustrated I felt. And to a degree, I, we could see our friends having gone through it. Um, but I never really had a conversation with any of uh, my friends or, or their husbands and they, that went through infertility. It was more of the congratulations when they came out the other end and, Oh, wow, it took you three years. No, okay, cool. But I'd never really sit on me that it was going to affect us in the way that it did or take us that long. So um, I think, I think my journey kind of started once I got over the realization that this wasn't going to be easy. And that the doctor visits and all the questions and tests that we went through weren't just a game. And I, I don't mean to, to kind of make light of it, but it was something where I had to think about like, why were we going through this process? What was, what was it that was making it so hard? Was it me? Like, did I do something in my life that caused us to not have the family or the kind of that, that, that dream that we set out to have. And that was really tough. So um, it didn't really set in on me fully until probably about a year and a half into it where you started IVF and the seeing the the shots go into you over and over and the, the, the medications that you were on. And um, well, thank you for sharing that. I agree with you. I think that even when, what? <laughs> He's making faces at me. I think that even when I was going through it myself, it was really isolating and I probably didn't offer you the support that you deserved. Um, and in all the struggles that I found that I had finding a community and talking to people about it, it was probably so much more worse for you and, I, I don't know. I, I, 
I can't imagine it being <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna all of a sudden take that on and say that it was, it was worse for me. Like that. Thank you for giving me that, that line to jump on. But uh, no, um, I, I saw the, 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 the toll that it took on you physically and emotionally. And, and, and like I said, like my, my role in simply becoming pregnant was, was very minor in, in comparison. And I just think that the part that I've had to think more critically about was how I dealt with it emotionally um, during, I guess, before, during, and after um, uh, dealing with infertility. And like, now that we have kids, like, what is my kind of outlet for recognizing the fact that it was tough for me because I think for for a long time, like I just kind of went through it and was like, eh, you know what, that was tough, but I've got to kind of keep going through the motions because that's what I've been conditioned to do for, for a period of time. So no, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't easier or harder for either one of us. I think it was something that we both dealt with in, in our own way. And frankly, this is probably the first time that we're sitting down and talking about it where we're kind of coming together. And I know audience that probably sounds crazy, but I think that in this probably happens for a lot of couples. Cause when I have talked with my friends who have gone through infertility with their spouse, it, it there's never a, um, you never kind of litigate the past or relitigate the past where you look back and say, all right, well, how did you feel during that time? Like you're so focused on the outcome of becoming pregnant that the process that it took to get there, whether it's months or years is never really looked back upon. Cause you're just so in the moment of celebrating that you did it and that you have a kid and that you're, you're, you're family focused. But I think that there's a lot of kind of like unseen um, and unspoken scars that, that people don't really work through um, that people deal with. And, and I have very few, very vulnerable male friends, but the, the, the little bit that I have gotten out of them, they, there is a strong admission that um, they don't talk about it. Um, and not, not for lack of want, but just that they feel like they, they, they don't really have a, a space to go back and, and talk about it, I guess. I'm just going to send our therapist this recording for the week and she can charge us instead of us charging her. That's great. So we, we, we don't, we don't have to do it this week. Great. <laughs> Look at it. She'd be so proud of us. Um, so I want to go back to what you were talking about, about your role, because again, we've never really talked about this. And I think that you and I deal with things similarly yet very differently I'm really good about building up walls and I always tell you that you're really good about tearing my walls down and then I get angry and I build them back up. Um, So I want to hear your perspective about that in a little bit, but your role of sort of being like strong and, and there for me, first of all, you were there for me and you did try to use me as a dartboard. I'll never forget that. Um, but you, you were, you were this support system for me and hopefully I was the same for you, you know, hopped up on lots of different hormones and drugs. Um, but where, where did this idea come from of like the role that you played? Oh, I mean, I, the obvious answer is just like, I think it's just classical male conditioning in a lot of ways that, like I said, I mean, you be, becoming starting a family and and getting uh, someone pregnant was always looked at as like, that was supposed to be easy. Like it was just a step in the process of you get married, maybe you got it. You have a few pets, wait a little while, and then you have kids. And like, 
the the rules seem pretty straightforward and not to sound crass but it's like you put it in there and that and that's your role and you're and you're done and and um we can edit that out right and uh but 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 i think that 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 my role really just stemmed from kind of what i felt was how families were started and i i think it took me a long time in the process of um, infertility to come to a degree of acceptance that like there was more than one way to have a family. And the more I kind of wrap my head around that, and it, it expanded my thought of like what my role in it was from someone who was just the, the person who <laughs> is like giving you my seed to someone who is, who is there that is supportive to someone that is there who's helping go through the journey, who's there to help kind of expand that network of support. Um, and I played, I think my, I played those roles in different parts throughout, but um, I think it kind of opened my eyes to what I, I felt my role was throughout it. I think you touched on an interesting part where you and I came from different perspectives of family. So I was always open to the idea of adoption. Mm -hmm. You were not at first. Mm -hmm. You eventually came around um, when it became potentially more of a reality for us. So what was, what was that thought process like for you? Yeah, I, you, you are right. And, and, and it was something that, um, I think initially I came from a place of where I felt like I had somehow failed you in not not being fertile enough or or, or, or what, where like I wasn't playing my role and there was an inequity in trying to become pregnant. Um, and so I was just kind of, and this is a very more of a testament to my personality where I was just like, you know what, you're going to tell me no, like F that, like I can, I can make this work. Like <laughs> you don't want me to wear my cell phone in my pocket. Great. You don't want, you want to wear loose fitting underwear. Fantastic. You wanted to do like, take all the herbal supplements ever do acupuncture. I'll do it. Like I can't do this. And, and I think that once I realized that there were some of it was just simply out of my control, um, I started to be coming up to the, I, I started to have to ask myself the question of like what it meant to have a family. And, um, ironically enough, and I don't know if she'll listen to this, but like I, my cousin Kim is adopted and like, I never even growing up thought of her as being adopted. She was just my cousin. And like, we would hang out and like my cousin, Nick and I, her sis, his, her, her brother would just torment her. And like, she, it was just part of like the family dynamic and I love her to death. And, and, and I think that once I started thinking about adoption and kind of what it meant both in terms of starting a family as well as what it meant in kind of the, the larger societal context, um, I started being much more open to it. And, um, so then I, I started to learn a little bit more about kind of what others had gone through who I know have adopted, who have wonderful dynamics with their, their children. And like that, I actually got really encouraged by that. And that there, there was a few people who I won't name um, that were really helpful in helping me wrap my head around what it was like to have uh, an adoptive child. And um, so, so yeah, I, I think it, it, the, the journey came from somewhere where, I thought that like I was a failure for not being able to fulfill my role and kind of carrying on my, um, I guess just carrying on my, the duty that I thought that I had and r realizing that like I was being selfish, I think in that process um, where I, I, when we started talking about like 
adoption, I wasn't as open to it initially, frankly. So there's two things I want to highlight here. One, um, we had, or I was diagnosed with, um, oh gosh, what do they call it? It's basically like undiagnosed infertility. There's no known reason why I cannot seem to have kids without IVF. Um, so there was, you know, we obviously had all of the analysis done on your sperm and there was nothing necessarily wrong. So it's interesting to me that you put this. I had a lot of them. They just didn't know what direction to go necessarily. <laughs> they weren't the strongest swimmers. <laughs> Lots of them, not the strongest. Um, the other part I want to just call out is I had forgotten about this until you just said it, but you actually put up with a, sh- a lot that I made you do. So I did acupuncture. I took all these herbal medicines. I um, had womb massages. At our, like, honestly, I used to joke that if someone told me to put a unicorn horn underneath my pillow to sleep with every night that I would get pregnant and I would have figured out a way to do that. But I forgot that you also did acupuncture and took herbal medicine and really did. You were a trooper. You'll, you'll do anything to have a family at a, at a certain point. Um, uh, But yeah, like we, 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 we both went through it and like, it honestly took a degree of like, all right, I see that she's, she's doing this. It's the very least I can do. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't too hard to kind of get to that point, but yeah, I mean, like you, 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 you take a swing in every which way possible to try to make it work. And we're thankfully in in a position where insurance wise and just kind of like medical technology wise, where there's again, more than one way to have a family. Um, but it did feel like we were kind of coming to the end of our rope in, in, in a lot of cases before it, it ended up working. Um, yes, it did feel that way, didn't it? The You touched on this a little bit, but I am obviously very good at building up walls and not always great at communicating, which our couple therapists can attest to. Um, and, you know, when I started to write about our experience and I finally let you read it not for the lack of nagging on your end reading all of my different journal entries I tried really hard not to be nosy <laughs> in the journals by the way did you succeed I did I thought I was pretty good I I, I, I had to constantly <laughs> remind myself that it was not about me um and I, I, I stayed out of it you only peaked one or two well times. maybe only one or two times I can't read your handwriting which is part of like I need a Rosetta Stone to do so but um why do you think I have such terrible handwriting <laughs> um so what was the experience like for you when you read some of the pieces that I wrote about what we went through um I I thought when seeing it on paper was crushing, frankly. Um, I think I knew kind of like the bits and pieces of how you felt, but like you highlighted a few like individual moments that played out like, like a dramatic narrative. And for someone who's very passionate about like the power of storytelling and evoking of emotions through written word, like, like seeing that, like, come to life like on paper through your story was 
very, very powerful. Um, and like that, I think was the part that really made it stick to me about how far you had come in your own journey to be able to tell your story. Cause like you said, like your natural inclination is to throw up a wall. And like, for me to get information out of you, sometimes it's like, I have to lay siege on that wall. And it just, <laughs> it be- becomes like a, a test of will sometimes. So, so to see that you proactively get to a point where you could write it down, let alone share it with others really made me realize like how far you had come in this journey. And, and, and I think reading it brought together a lot of pieces that I knew that you felt, but I didn't know how much you, I think, had internalized um, during that process. And so like even like you, you, you the, the part that always like, sticks out to me is like you wrote um, about like being on a train and seeing other people around you and seeing them go through kind of like the natural course of their daily existence um, or seeing someone push a double stroller that was intended um, that, that, that we had also purchased. And it's like these little moments that like for my life, like I think I recognize for myself, but like I would just dismiss as like, oh yeah, there's a double stroller. Oh yeah, like they've got twins. Oh yeah, like there's there's a new baby over there, and 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 like I would go through the, the the checklist, but I think that I got through those emotions really quickly, and either compartmentalized them or never really spent as much time as you had. And so I think in in reading it, it made me realize like how much you've been able to kind of through the power of telling your story, pull those pieces together and articulate to me exactly what you were feeling in that time and what you feel now. And to some degree, I felt sad and I think a little bit um, let down that I wasn't kind of evolved, like involved in that journey that you got there, but it's okay. Like you, you, the, the point is, is that you got there. And just because we express ourselves a lot differently in terms of when we feel something and want, want to share it, which for me is like, it's in my head, it's out my mouth is, is it's okay that that's different. And so I think that being able to see that all come together for you was just, was really powerful. Well, thank you. Becca would be so proud of us right now. Becca, if you're listening, take note. Um, Something that I think is really interesting that we both sort of called out is this idea around like what you perceived your role to be in this. And then I've talked a lot about how like I had a lot of shame in my body for not doing like what it is like quote unquote supposed to. No one can see my air quotes, but I'm doing them. Greg can confirm. She's doing it with one hand. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's because my other hand has a wine glass. Um, you know, and so I just I think there's this irony in the fact that both of us in our own ways felt like we had well, I can only speak for myself. I felt like I was letting you down in the fact that my body wasn't operating the way that it like quote unquote should have been. And what's interesting, and we've never really talked about this outside of this conversation for everyone to hear in real time. um, It sounds like you felt something similar. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I did. And it's, it's, it's so funny because I think that the, I felt the exact same way where like m- my concerns of my role and my inadequacies were more felt 
it was, were more acutely felt by the fact that I thought I was letting you down. So we were both feeling the same thing, I think, at the same time, but it was something that was always on the top of my mind where, again, like I got to the point where I was like, I will do anything because I think this is my fault and an inadequacy of my body and like what I am able to contribute to this. Um, so yeah, in, in, in the fact that we're both kind of like recognizing that now that, that there was a, a, an idea that we both wanted to kind of be the one that, I don't know. I, I, I struggle with this, this next line, but I'll say it anyway, but we both, I think in a way wanted to, for it to be our fault. And what I mean by that is, I wanted there to be a reason for us to anchor on to say that the reason that we cannot start a family is because Greg has low sperm count. Like, great. Like, that's going to make you feel better because I think you are going through a lot um, with injections and with your body and like acupuncture and herbs and all that other crap that it, it was it was an easy thing for me to anchor on to say, like, I kind of hope that it's me. Um, because if that's me, then I have an answer. We have an answer we, we know what it is. And like, I can like base that in science. And that's kind of like how my brain works of like, if I know that there's one thing, like that's the dependent variable, everything else around it, like we can work against. Um, and I don't know if you felt that way, but like, like thinking about it in retrospect, like that's definitely, I think, uh, something that I was, I think going through and dealing with of like, I wanted to understand what the root cause was. And in a way I kind of wanted the root cause to be me. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely relate to that because I think that both of us are problem solvers. Right. And so like, if you know the reason for it, it's like, great. Like, well then mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, I can do, I can do all those things. I've got this. Um, I think it's still, you know, six years later, I think it's still a struggle. It's been six years. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Um, it's still a struggle that, it's like undiagnosed and they have no idea why we've gone through what we've gone through, even with Clark, right? Like that, that the, the amount of testing and genetic testing and dethawing embryos and retesting, like, it's just crazy how, first of all, I find it fascinating how advanced science is. But even though science is so advanced, there's still unknown reasons out there for so many things. Yeah, I mean, all at, at the end of the day, you're, you're you're playing a game of percentages, and you can do only so much to increase your percentage that things are going to work out, and then at some point you got to roll the dice. Um, and in in this case, like we don't we we couldn't control it any further, and like. We, we tried to control everything. And I think that led to a lot of our stress and anxiety, at least it did for me, where when you end up getting the bad news that something's wrong, you immediately think back at everything that you've done because you've, you've done all the right things. And I thought we did all the right things. And I mean, but we did. And, 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 and I think that going back, back through it and thinking about all the steps that we took was it, it was a long journey and like to get the, the call to say like you're pregnant and not only pregnant you have twins like i remember where we were like <laughs> we were on the indiana toll road we were driving out east and about 
five minutes later, I got pulled over for going 100 miles an hour because I couldn't remember how fast I was driving because well, I was so excited. We also did see a double rainbow. Oh, and a double rainbow, which was weird. Um, I am not superstitious or believe in karma anyway, but it was weird. Anyway, the but like that was like the highest high, and you think like, great, everything paid off, all that hard work, like great, smooth sailing from here. And then to hit that bump in the road is something where like you just don't think about it happening. And so when it did happen for us, it was, I think a lot of, uh, for me, it was a big letdown and, and it was something that I actually held really onto very, very tightly and tried to control it and tried to say that this is not. So last question, if you could give your self advice, <laughs> you're laughing at me. If yourself six years ago, advice, you're starting on the process. What advice would you give yourself? Um, uh, this is going to be a long edit getting into this answer because you didn't put me on this one. Um, I, something to the effect of, I, I think the, I, th I think I know what it is. I think the advice that I would give myself back then was that the, and this probably seems obvious, but the there's no right or wrong way to start a family. And it's not about the journey that it takes to become pregnant or to adopt or to what it's, it's the, 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 the net result that you're going to have as a family and, and how you're going to come together around that, that I think that matters. Cause I think so many people are like, ah, that's awesome. Enjoy the process. It's so much fun. Like F the process, like it is hard. And I think that if I knew that going in and I knew that other people faced it as much as we did, I think I would have felt a little bit more comfortable knowing that it was not a failure on me, let alone us, and not a reflection on me as an individual. And I know it sounds simple to say to, to a degree, but I think the there's so many things that we try to control in our lives that are are tough. And so you feel like this is something that as humans, we're expected to do, but this is truly one of the th few things that you might not have control of. And so I wish I think I would have, I wish I would have known that going in. And the advice that I would have given myself is like, be patient, have faith that things will work out. And that the most important thing that you can do is support each other through the highs and the lows, because the fact of the matter is like, you're in it together. And if you're not in it together, your journey is going to be very unfulfilling um, for better or for worse. I love that. I love, I always say that parenthood, you know, many people say parenthood is like your, your crash course and not being able to control things. I think for me, I obviously can only speak for myself, but you speak to a little bit of this is like, infertility was actually my crash course in that. Like I, up until that point in my life, I had been able to, for a lack of a better word, like do really well and not have to like go crazy to do it. Like we had on the outside, 
like the perfect life. We were married. We lived in the city. We had a dog. We had our own place that we had bought. Um, and this was my first experience of like being able to put my mind to something and not be able to achieve it in the way that I thought was quote unquote normal. And that was really hard. Um, and I think it's okay. Like we need to normalize that more. Um, and I think to circle back to what you originally sort of started with, I think we need to normalize infertility generally, but we also need to normalize the male side of it because I think it's so easy to be swept under the rug. And I know that I do it myself. Like I always joke with you, which is probably not kind and I should probably stop doing this that I don't need you anymore. I have like embryos yes, frozen. Please, please stop it. Uh, it is a little, little, little bit unnerving at times, especially given the life insurance policy. Um, yes, please stop joking about that. Um, and so I appreciate you, um, joining me today and for always supporting me and always having my back and always being my biggest cheerleader and I'm going to start crying. Oh, she's tearing up. I hate you. <laughs> um, but I love you and just thank you. You're very welcome. Um, and thank you for, for making this a, a, a not an easy forum. Um, we're sitting alone in our kitchen. Um, but, but, but I think easier for me to open up and honestly speak about for what is probably the first time for me. Um, you spent a lot of time on your own going through this journey and telling your story. And so you've made it easy and accessible for me. And I, I, I hope in some way this is helpful for others as well. Thank you. I yeah, love you. I love you too. Now, if anyone would like a bonus pod episode to where I get to ask her a bunch of questions, uh, please smash that like button and uh, give her the five-star rating. And I would be happy to record a pod where I'm asking you questions. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Look I forward to the I don't fans. Think, I don't think there's a like button. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this all works. I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like I hear people say that, but there's no like button. I, I don't there's, know what's going on. You can give me a review. That works too. Yeah. Comment section, maybe like what are questions that I could ask you? Maybe like five stars review, that works. At, write a review, write a rating, rating, I guess, five star rating. You can't, so you can't like smash a like button. That seems like some, something that the kids say these days. Are you on TikTok? I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> I think you dance and sing and say stuff. I barely know how to use Snapchat. It's fine. Uh, we're, we're two piece in a pod. Um, well, thank you. I do love you. I appreciate you doing this. Yeah. Do we, do we get to open another bottle of wine now? <laughs> sure. Great. Wonderful. Thank you for spending time with me today. As you know, we're a new podcast and I'd love your feedback or your review. But more importantly, I'd love to connect. If you have a story that you would like to share either publicly or anonymously, or you just need an empathetic ear or shoulder to lean on, I would love to chat with you. Reach me at my website at www.jessysherleff.com. That's spelled J-E-S-S-I-S-H-U-R-A-L-E-F-F.com. Your story matters. Your voice matters. 
This is my truth. Will you tell me yours?